Hey, 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 it's your girl Steffi J back with another episode of Opinionated by Design. Yes, here we are for another week, people. I thank you very much for joining me. Um, so we got a great conversation about to come up. So go grab your sip and come right back and join me. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, get ready to be amazed. Put your hands together and make some noise. It's showtime! Okay, welcome back, and once again, thank you for joining me this week's for this week's episode of Opinionated by Design. Remember, if you got some topic ideas you might want to talk about, or you just might want to give me your opinion on something, I really don't care to hear your opinion about my opinion, but I do care to hear your opinion about the topics we may talk about. Hit me up, opinionatedbydesignpodcast at gmail.com. And soon, we're going to have a website. Yes, we are doing big things. <laughs> but, there's this dirty little secret I want to talk to you about. Yeah, there's a dirty little secret in healthcare that's just really beginning to receive lots of attention. And for female patients, it has become a major problem within the healthcare system. All right, let me see if I can break this down for you. Okay, imagine this. You wake up one morning, you got some weird stuff going on, and you're not sure who, what, where, when, or why. But one thing you do know is you are in intense pain, and this is not normal. Something is wrong. Now, commonly what happens is a person will go to the doctor, begin describing their symptoms, the doctor doesn't exam a workup, and treatment is rendered. Now, imagine being a woman, and within moments of beginning to discuss your symptoms, your concerns are dismissed as perhaps a psychological issue, or perhaps an issue of getting older. Perhaps I'm stressed and I don't know anything about it. Maybe it's all in my head. <laughs> and some of them even have the unmitigated gall to suggest that it might actually be a mental health issue. <laughs> well, people, that is called medical gaslighting. And that's the dirty little secret in healthcare that we're going to talk about. So, of course, we all know now that it's not a secret any longer. And we are going to discuss it. Yeah, that trip to the doctor did not go well at all. <laughs> Didn't go well. I mean, you left feeling confused, upset, and actually feeling worse than you did when you first got there. You didn't feel depressed or anxious beforehand, but you do now. You're even beginning to second-guess yourself and your symptoms. I mean, to be talked down to or perhaps even laughed at can be devastating to not only your physical health, but mental health as well. To be labeled as having mental illness or perhaps some unacknowledged stress, or even mistaken with how you're feeling. 
whether it's heart disease labeled as depression or any pain that is attributed to just regular period pain, many women's health issues are likely to be misdiagnosed or ignored altogether. And medical gaslighting is a real huge issue in the area of autoimmune diseases. You know, like rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, Graves' disease, just to name a few of them. Almost 80% of autoimmune sufferers are women. And there hasn't been nearly enough, of auto, uh, nearly enough research into women. And definitely not how to diagnose some of these diseases or recognize their symptoms. So as a result, most women with autoimmune diseases report that upon first going to the doctor, they either had their symptoms misdiagnosed or totally dismissed altogether. Because, you know, that kind of makes me think like back in the day, whenever a woman had an issue or what they would call an issue, what we would call standing up for ourselves, it was always labeled as being mad. Have you gone mad? <laughs> I mean, can you actually believe that female hysteria was once an actual medical diagnosis? Uh, really? Anyway, there are many, there's many factors as to how this happens. One is that there hasn't been nearly as much research on women's bodies or female biology as there has been on men. Women can have very different symptoms than men do for some of the same conditions. One example being heart disease. Now, some doctors may only be familiar with the male presentation of the disease and tend to misdiagnose or dismiss a woman altogether. I mean, at least part of the discrepancy can be explained by the fact that in general, like I said, women have just been studied less than men. According to the New York Times, in 1977, the Food and Drug Administration began recommending that women of childbearing years be excluded from any early clinical drug trials. I mean, they feared if these women became pregnant, the research could potentially harm their fetus. And their other concern was that the hormonal fluctuations that come with pregnancy can actually muddy up the study results. But in 1993, they passed a law um, that was uh, medical research that was funded by the National Institutes of Health. Had a lot to do with this law being passed, reinstating the inclusion of women and minorities in medical research. So once again, not only were women kicked in the face, but minorities were too. So they, I just got double kicked. All right. Thank you very much. But the knowledge gap in between this time that was created before this law was passed, it still exists. For women of color, particularly black women, medical mistrust and gaslighting tends to be even more troubling. There was a study that was published in the scientific journal called Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Now, um, what it said is half of the medical trainees surveyed, I think they surveyed like maybe 500 medical tra trainees, they believed the myths about black patients. They believed that uh, we experienced less pain than their white patients. When given birth, black people experience higher maternal mortality than their white peers. 
And that's partially due, at least in part, to the disbelief of their symptoms. I mean, the mistrust of black patients has even been reflected in the way doctors take notes during visits with black patients versus their white patients. Um, the Journal of General Internal Medicine study found that doctors' notes about black patients were more likely con to contain such judgment words as insists or claims. Wow, that truly sounds like you are not believed. They insist that they're in pain, or they claim that they're in pain. Wow. Studies also show that compared with men, women face longer wait times to be diagnosed with cancer and heart disease. Partially because their symptoms are initially misunderstood, or like I said, initially dismissed. Women are also treated less aggressively for a number of conditions, including traumatic brain injury. And they're less likely than men to be prescribed pain medications when they're in pain. One study also found that women are twice as likely as men to be diagnosed with a mental illness when their symptoms clearly are consistent with heart disease. Now, imagine that I'm having a heart issue. I'm going to my doctor, and you ready to write me a, 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 a section. You ready to section me and put me in a mental hospital. And all the while, I could be possibly having a, a heart attack. But because I'm a woman, and sometimes particularly because I'm a black woman, any and all things I say have just totally been dismissed. I mean, we know from research that people of color often also receive poor quality medical care. Off the rip. That's just off the rip. I'm not saying all doctors do that. I'm not saying this happens all the time. But it happens quite frequently. And doctors are more likely to prescribe black patients, uh, excuse me, are more likely to describe black patients as uncooperative or non-compliant. And we know, and research has shown, that this can and does affect the quality of care that is received. I mean, because for you to read notes saying somebody's uncooperative, somebody just, you know, they're not getting along, you automatically just come up with a, 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 a perception in your mind of this person and how you're going to handle them. Simply by something that was written on a piece of paper about them, written in their chart, now a part of their permanent record. One issue that's received um, much-needed attention is the distressingly high rate of maternal mortality, which is the death of a mother due to childbirth-related complications. I mean, this is just a high rate for all U.S. women. Yet rates for black women are three to four times higher than for Hispanics or non-Hispanic white women. Often because, once again, their symptoms are not taken seriously. Studies on healthcare providers' evaluations of patients' pain level also indicate that people of color are judged and treated with lower levels of concern and pain medications than white patients are. I mean, most times, they don't even prescribe a black person pain medication. They just automatically look at us as if we're junkies seeking, seeking pain pain medication drugs. You, dude, bro, doc, I'm in pain. 
I don't even use Tylenol at home for a headache. Why would I use it for this particular pain? Hook a sister up. I am not a junkie. Help me out. Can I get some pain meds? No. My pain threshold is not higher than yours because I'm black. I mean, I can't even believe people actually believe that and to this day still believe that. Anyway, I just got a few suggestions for you. When you're looking for a doctor, first you want to you want to find a provider that you can bond with. Now, I don't mean somebody that you can go have drinks with, have monthly dinners with, chit-chatting on the phone and text messaging all day. I don't mean a buddy. I mean a medical doctor that you can actually bond with. Um, you want someone who's honest and direct and truly listens to you when you speak. When you have a doctor's appointment, try to prioritize your concerns. I mean, physicians are under a lot of pressure, which we all know. Too many patients and not enough time. And if you come to the uh, appointment with a notebook boatload full of questions, sometimes the doctor just doesn't have enough time to go over these thoroughly, answer these questions for you. So what you might want to do instead is focus on a few of them that's really important right now and just remember to ask those questions. Because a lot of times some of the questions we want to ask can now more or less be answered with these online portals that they have. You know, this all my patient health and all these different things that the hospital has where you can literally talk to your doctor through an online method, which I think is pretty cool. Another thing that's most important, you must advocate for yourself. If you don't believe what the first doctor's telling you, then go get a second opinion. It's just that simple. You do not have to go with what this doctor is saying. Go get a second opinion and see if another doctor tells you that. I mean, in some cases, you might just have to insist on that consult. You might have to insist on that blood work or that x-ray, that extra work or whatever it is it needs to be done. You got to put your foot down and let them know, look, I ain't the one. Now, I told you this, that, or the others bother me, and this is what I need you to do for me. Okay? And don't necessarily steer clear of male doctors. I know as many insensitive female doctors as I do males. Find a physician who listens to you and takes your complaints seriously. Somebody that you can be totally honest with. And I mean, personally, myself, I don't want a male doctor. And that has nothing to do with gaslighting. Because as I stated, female doctors are just as bad sometimes, not if not worse. You know? So, there's a lot of ways that we can try to do the best we can with doctors. You know, just so many things that's going on. So many people are under so much pressure. So I'm not trying to make excuses for them. You know, because, like I said, I'm not going to hold y'all. You know, I'm just going to wrap this up with my opinion. Because doctors are human. I'm not excusing their behavior. But human they are, and they don't know everything. Sometimes you got to consider the working conditions that they're working under. Again, not an excuse. Many work ridiculous hours. And some of the stuff they see on the job is just... And I mean, come on, let's just admit it, the job ain't easy. It's not easy. So it's understandable that many doctors are overwhelmed and have developed a thick skin. And they're just real short and curt and just right to the point. 
they don't realize how rude that comes off. I mean, some of them do, but, but you know, we get it. We get it. But what we cannot allow to happen is a doctor's frustrations to fill, to spill over into my care. Okay, what needs to happen is doctors need to get some real support in the form of direct supervision and proper training to really prepare them for life situations, not that textbook stuff. Because we all know it does not go down the way it goes down in the textbook. It just doesn't happen that way. I mean, for example, a doctor, doc, listen, instead of you not acknowledging my symptoms or writing me off as some type of nutcase, if you don't really understand what I'm saying to you, or you've never heard these symptoms before, or you just don't know what's going on, then refer me to someone who may be able to help me. Instead of being a butthead because you're having a bad day or you have no clue or whatever it is, refer me to somebody that might be able to help. Because as a patient, I won't be disappointed if you told me, hey, I don't really know what's going on according to what you're telling me, but let me refer you to so-and-so specialist. They may know a little more about what's going on. Or do you mind if I bring in a colleague of mine? He may be able or she may be able to help diagnose you know, what you're going through. I mean, I can respect that, and I won't be disappointed in that. But what what will make me very disappointed, ah, oh, come on now, you are getting older. <laughs> or are you sure that that's how that happened? I mean, the headache, is the headache really that bad? You got to remember, you know, over the years, your weight's been going up and down. You know, all them foolish, stupid things that we've already talked about, that's disappointing. I mean, come on, I'm already dealing with enough with all these weird, strange aches, pains, and everything else that brought me here today. I don't need to come here and deal with your crap. Okay? A patient-doctor relationship is built on three things. Respect, honesty, and trust. And that's from both sides. Not just from the patient, not just from the doctor, but from the patient-doctor relationship. It's important that patients feel comfortable and feel that they can be totally honest with you without being dismissed or judged. Now, docs, to let you know you can gain a lot of respect by just treating your patients with respect and dignity. Allow them to feel heard, understood, and taken seriously. I mean, let's be honest. How would you feel if it was you? And you had just been gaslit by your doctor. How about if it was your mom, your sister, wife, or even your daughter? What if this dismissal resulted in serious harm or perhaps death? Because gaslighting can and has led to countless and needless surgeries, emergency, non-emergency, and deaths. Simply because some doctor wasn't feeling it today, so they decided to take it out on me. Nah. That's not going to happen. I mean, that's not going to happen. Doctor, get your bedside manner together. Remember the oath you took to do no harm. Stick with that. And if you don't know what the hell's going on, then let's go find somebody that does. Do not disrespect me and do not dismiss me because of your ignorance or whatever you have going on. Not at my expense. We're not going to do this. Because me... 
<laughs> I'm gonna let y'all know. I can and I have fired a whole medical team. Because they're not listening to me. I had one nurse practitioner tell me, if it's not concerning diabetes, then I don't want to hear it. Now, although I do have diabetes, I am not diabetes. So everything that's going on with me is not going to be a part of diabetes. Once she said that, I just gathered my things and left. And I have not been back. Because as she stated, if it's not about diabetes, she didn't want to hear it. And what I had to say wasn't about diabetes, so there's no point in me no longer staying there. So immediately, they were fired. Of course, you know, I did the complaint, wrote the thing or whatever, but they were fired. I cannot be bothered with doctors, nurses, clerks, secretaries, the whole nine, the whole office that ain't listening to me and doing me the way I should be done. Especially when we're talking about health care, because these things can cause death. These biases, whether they're conscious or unconscious, it doesn't matter at the funeral. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But like I said, I have a new healthcare team now, and so far I'm loving them. They're loving me. Things are working out, and I can only hope and pray that things will continue to work out. Now remember, no one has a right to make you feel less than, no matter who they are or what they do for a living. And that includes doctors. Yeah, while you may be better off than me, you are not better than me. And I'm not going to allow you to treat me and talk to me like you are, and that goes for anybody. But we're talking about doctors right now. You hear that, Doc? We ain't having it no more. Don't allow anyone to get away with that. If your doctor or your team is not listening to you, fire them. Fire them. And get a team that listens. Get a team that cares. Because, I mean, after all, this is your medical health that we are talking about. So you have to be intentional in making sure you get what it is that you need. And if you're not getting it here, then maybe you need to go someplace else and get it. Now, like I said, mm -mm, I ain't allowing it. I don't care who you are, do not allow it, because I'm not. When I first heard about this term gaslighting, it was referred to in a relationship sense. I want to say it was actually, I think it was an Alfred Hitchcock movie. And there was the chick was in there, and she had the husband, and I think she was blind or whatever, and he was gaslighting her. He was doing things to make her think she was losing her mind. And for a minute there in the movie, she was. And then I was saying to myself, okay, now I didn't really know what I was going to talk about this week. And for some reason, I thought about that movie. And then all of a sudden, it came to me about the medical gaslighting that I heard her or somebody else talking about one day. Just in a general conversation. So like I said, I did a little research upon it and thought that it would just be an interesting topic. And thought that I would share the little bit of knowledge and of course, my humble opinion about the whole thing. So we're gonna, I'm going to wrap this up. Like I said, I ain't going to hold y'all. But just remember, you deserve better. Do not allow any medical personnel to treat you or your symptoms like they don't matter or don't exist. Do not allow them to make you second-guess yourself. You know how you're feeling. You know your body better than anybody. So you definitely know when something ain't right, whether they believe you or not. Don't get me wrong, there's some horrible doctors out there, but don't get me wrong, there are more great doctors than not. Get out there, 
find yourself a good doctor. Do your research on these doctors, people. That's another thing. Do your research on these doctors. Get you a good medical team and keep your health up to par. Because after all, an awesome patient-doctor relationship leads to better health outcomes. It leads to quicker, uh, quicker uh, getting better. It's funny because I can't even think of the word. You know, it just it leads you to just recover quickly. More recovery. Quicker recovery. So, like I said, uh, medical gaslighting, that seems to be the thing now. Now, don't get me wrong. This ain't something that's new. Because it ain't new at all. We're just really starting to hear about it because of social media. You know, social media is that blessing and that curse. But all these things that's been going on out in these worlds that we're now seeing on social media, people don't believe them as, as anything new. Because they're not. It's just now we have a way for the world to see. Thank goodness, because it's been really useful in a lot of things. Really useful. Can you see Devic Chauvin? Anyway, people, I'm going to let y'all go. I thank you once again for joining me for another episode. I just really appreciate you, people. I appreciate you. Remember, you are enough and you are loved. Until next week. Bye.